This is 400 Plus. I'm Mark Sims, and my guest is Cyron Smith. Cyron Smith is the founder and CEO of the National Black Club University. How are you, Mr. Smith? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, so for those who don't know, real quick, Mr. Smith, uh, tell the good folks, what is the National Black Club University? You know, Mark, if I could, let me say uh, I love the title now. It sounds like some military stuff, 400 series, you know, so that's um, that's good. Uh, 400 plus. Like it, 400 idea. plus means uh, uh, black folks been here 400 plus years. That's what it means. No, no, no. It, it just says you put some thought into it. What, whatever you deem it to mean, it means you thought about it. So I appreciate that. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm the founder of an anti-violence structure. I've uh, been around, I tell people, November 20th, 1994, uh, going through different legal names, but the premise is still the same. How do we stop the killing of Black people being done by other Black people? And uh, so that's what we focus on. We do it in a strategic way. I love to describe it that way. We're very pragmatic in, in how we deal with the violence. Well, today we're going to uh, talk about education. We just have a, a sort of free-flowing, quick conversation because uh, off-the-air good people, me and Cyron talk about this stuff all the time, and I always say it's education, education, education. And when I mean education, Cyron, you know, you have formal education, informal education, you know, people, some people, we need a professional class. We need professionals, doctors, lawyers, you know, accountants, that kind of stuff. We also need uh, carpenters and electricians and tradespeople. And so, Mr. Smith... Cyron Smith, do you think the public schools, I'm talking about the average public school, is it structured to really help working class, poor people, and, and especially working class black people? Um, come on now. No. And, and before we even go to the schools, you first look at how is the world structured? And, and we could do that quickly. It don't have to be a long, drawn out scenario here. Because the schools is a means toward an end. Like the schools only get you to a certain place. So the schools isn't the end all be all. So when you look at it, seven continents in the world, <laughs> there's one continent that has their hands in affairs all around the world. And that continent is or has been exploiting other places. So with that, that's who created a lot of the jobs. America is a part of, of that as well. And so whoever creates the jobs dictate what level of education they want people to have. And, and that's the raw reality globally. And so with that now, when you think about it, you dig that down into race. So we already know that the Europeans are the ones that control most of the companies and Fortune 500 companies and small companies. So naturally, organically, the human universal law is you take care is, is self-preservation. You take care of your own first. I don't care what they say about that. So, of course, if you thinking about it from that universal law, you're going to make sure your schools have everything it needs to be what you want it to be to fit into the companies that you've already established based on your exploiting of Africa, period. That's a global instruction right there. <laughs> no, no. OK, we, we understand that. And, and I always hear people say, well, you know, we don't have equal funding of schools and these schools are under resource. So Cyron Smith. By I, design. By course, design. I mean, that, that, it goes back to what I just said. I'm, I'm being rhetorical, of course. And I don't right, want right, the listeners right. to understand. Do you really think, and I, when I say you, Cyron Smith, and the people who listen to the show, do you really think they will ever properly fund and properly resource public education for every citizen in the United States of America? Sure, sure because the, the demographics are changing. We're getting away from uh, the white rule around the world. 
And, and so with technology, wait, that's wait, been wait, a wait, major... Wait, 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 wait. Will they ever fund and resource these neighborhood schools that way? But, 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 Mar, I'm going to go back. The they is shifting. That's my point. So will they who's in charge right now do it? No. Would they in the next five years do it? Yes, <laughs> because it won't be the same they in charge. Oh, you 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 optimistic? I'm not that optimistic. Well, I'm following the census. No, I'm I'm, <laughs> fo I'm following and I, 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 I follow the money. You know, the money. You know, money talks, and everybody else like me walk. And so, well, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Now you say money. Uh, think about what's changing again with technology, cryptocurrency. So it, I mean, you got people who got old money. You know, you got the old money, but it's shifting now. And and so what's shifting again is turning the what we call money now is going to have not the same value that it had back in the days because of, again, who controls it. And the central banks are on the diminishing end. It's not on the uprising end. It's more decentralized uh, now. All right. Almost you're, everything. You're, you're going way above my pay grade. <laughs> all jokes aside here. Cyron Smith, the, the young man, I live in the far south Chicago, south side Chicago. You know the far south side Chicago and other, oh, yeah. and other places in America just like the south side of Chicago. Uh, yep. they, a lot of the, I, I'm not, I don't know, have the statistics, but I, I'm assuming the young men who commit some of these crimes and some of these older men too, who commit these crimes probably had uh, struggles in school, reading mm -hmm. and writing and you know, arithmetic, math, if you will. And they yep. also probably had a lot of uh, what they call aces, what they call them, adverse childhood experiences, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So my thing is that if these young men, even with the childhood experiences, if they had a decent education, would they be committing crimes, Cyron Smith? <laughs> and, and so let me stay local. Here's the raw reality, Mark. If I'm being molested at home, if I'm being uh, shot at going to school, I got to worry about getting shot at coming from school. How do I get the same level of education as someone who don't have those worries? So I want to go back to what is the configuration? What's the design of that neighborhood? Because that's what determines behavior. When you go inside a library, the behavior is modified because of the atmosphere. Someone created an atmosphere that says, be quiet in the library. And because of that atmosphere, you, but you modify your behavior when you walk in there. You could be loud, but as soon as you go in that library, you bring it down a notch. In black neighborhoods, the atmosphere is one that anything goes. So how do you learn in an atmosphere where anything goes? You know? So you so you're saying, Sarah Smith, that public education really can't improve for I'm saying I'm saying this for working class uh, children, especially black children in places like the south side of Chicago. They, there's the public education really can't improve until we really reduce those stress levels for those students. No, I, I believe in looking at the 360 degree view. And so when you say improve, it sounds like you're talking about the whole 360 improvement. I would say what's going to come out of public education as it is right now is you're going to have some ultra strong people, students who made it despite challenges that they counterparts in suburbs, rich suburbs, don't even have the temperament to handle that level of stress. So that's what's going to come out is super strong uh, minority students who are able to handle distress, conflict, adversity, and still um, be smart. Then you're going to have those who fall by the wayside. And what I'm concerned about are those who fall by the wayside because they become the future shooters, rapists, robbers in our community. So that's how I look at that. 
No, I totally agree, Dow. Let me, because I'm sounding maybe it's too stereotypical or something, whatever. That uh, of course, the most African. <laughs> I, I don't have the hard numbers, but most African Americans really don't live in the hood. The hood really doesn't exist as it once did when you were growing up, when I was growing up, Cyron exactly. Smith. Um, totally I think African Amer- half of all African Americans uh, live in a suburb or a suburb. They don't live in a city or a inner city. It really doesn't exist anymore. Totally agree. And, and, totally. So, and so this yeah. is what I'm saying. And some people, they used they was, they was complaining. I hear people, African Americans leaving Chicago, the city of Chicago, and Cook County for, for greener pastures. And some people say, well, you leave in Chicago when you're going to school districts that are not as good as Chicago. So why are you leaving Chicago? And I think some people leave Chicago. It's a lot of reasons why people leave Chicago and Cook County. But they want their children to have less stress in their neighborhood, less stress at home. I think the stress compact component is really real. What do you think about this reducing our stress levels? Because you always talk about being in the city, being in the oven, you know, that kind of stuff. Go ahead, Smith. Mr. Well, Smith. Well, well, let me first address what you said about the way neighborhoods are configured back 20 years ago to now. So uh, I would say this. What's happened in the last two decades is poor people have been moved out of inner cities. They've been dispersed. You can go back almost 30 or 40 years with CHA public housing, high rises coming down, they dispersed them. So you marginalize people by getting them out of central hubs and put them in, in majority white neighborhoods in Iowa, Davenport, all that type of stuff, St. Paul, Minnesota. So you've taken a problem and spread it out, which is a okay strategy, but for black people, we haven't uh, coordinated ourselves in a way where it wouldn't matter where you live, you're still connected. You're still able in this global economy to circulate money with each other to be of one. Now, America is a, a is a nation of different tribes from the European tribe, not just the natives here, blacks, uh, the, the um, Lithuanians. And when you have a nation like that, the tribes take care of themselves. For us as black people, descendants of slaves, if you will, what is like we don't have the economy to take care of ourselves. So when you talk about jobs, we're going to go to their jobs and say, Can, would you hire us when we don't have our own? I look at the Latino community. They got to check the, the big old 18 wheeler trucks moving their food around to their various stores all over the country. And I'm like, wow, look at the power base that they have. What is the African-American trucks moving our products around? You go to Walmart, they got the sign that say Hispanic food. I said, damn, where the, where the sign that say uh, African-American food? So, again, this is a nation of, of everyone in their tribes, and the, this nation do a great job of all of us in this melting pot but still being there for each other. Black people got to get our act together in terms of being collective and coordinated because we can't be expecting a decent education when other every other ethnic group makes sure that their education is complemented with their cultural relevance and, and we can't just send them to the schools and say teach our kids stuff that we're not even teaching them in the house if that makes sense uh, the, uh, any of us who've been around a lot of americans don't really understand what you just said but the the bottom line is that uh the, the, the descendants of the slaves, the so-called African-Americans, we were black when I was a kid. We were black when you were a kid. <laughs> so, Ron, we were Negroes before that and colors and whatnot. We don't have the cultural capital. We've been prevented from building the cultural capital as other, because uh, the Mexicans know they're Mexican, Mexicans, the Irish know they're Irish and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so let's get, let's, in this podcast, where we started. You are the founder and CEO of the National Black Club University. So how can we as a people or we as a country help that child 
who struggles in school has those adverse childhood experiences so they won't commit crime in our neighborhoods. What do we do, Mr. Smith? Every single person, a black person, have to make a commitment that even if I don't like my neighbor, I'm going to find out who my neighbor is on the left of me, on the right of me, in front of me, and in the alley behind me. That's your personal force field. Once you kind of know that, if there's a dropout in any of them four houses and the uh, unemployed person, that could be a threat to your own safety because while you at work, they could be breaking in your house. If it's a kid that don't know how to read, that should be reading at grade level in any of them four houses, that's a threat to you. So I think we have to take getting to know our neighbors more serious because I don't think we're doing that enough and we haven't created our own force field with those four houses I just spoke about. Uh, well, I agree with you. Then, then again, depending on where you live, you don't have the, You may not have the same values as your neighbors, and even if you do have the same values as your neighbors, some of your neighbors' family may have not have the same values. Everybody's got Pookie and Ray Ray's, and I, and people get mad when I say Pookie and Ray Ray, but you know what I mean. People, <laughs> we have Pookie right. and Ray Ray's in our neighbor and our, our family, so we, we all don't have the same values. And just like we have, just like Simon Smith, we have a, a, what you call the income inequality gap. We have a values gap in the black community. But, when, when but, you but agree? let me say this so people don't get to mis, misconstrue what I say. I didn't say be friends with your neighbors. I didn't say be buddy-buddy with them. What I'm saying is it's in all of you guys' best interest to know each other. That don't mean y'all have to get along. Because the fact is, if you don't know your neighbor on the right and all these strange people keep coming over, you don't know who that is. But if you know your neighbor, now you know who's typically in that household. Y'all don't have to be friends. And this is where, you know, National Block Club University come in at because we'll deal with that neighbor you don't want to deal with. But the key is, are the neighbors connected? That don't mean they have to get along, Mark, because that's the misconception when I say that. People say, I don't like my neighbor. It's good. You don't have to like them. But if it's a serial rapist running around, you go tell your neighbor, don't come outside and stand here so the rapists don't get me because I don't like you. No, you want anything to keep you safe at that time. So we don't have to be friends. But knowing each other is, is just a part of what we can do to create a safer environment. Yeah, I think this this is where we end the show. I think we, sh- we should start the next program on that note. So Cyron Smith, founder, of the Na- founder and CEO of the National Black Club University, thanks for being on the program. Appreciate you, Mark. Keep doing what you're doing, man.